0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com,
0: the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
2: What is good, everybody? Good evening to you, or good morning if you're catching this in the morning, or good noontime if you're grabbing some lunch and out and about in the great state of North Carolina or wherever in this country you are, you're listening to InsideCarolina.com's The 40 Club, one of the many podcasts on IC, and we are thrilled, thrilled to have two of Thrillmington's only, uh, the Brothers Barth tonight. Joining me, as always, the man with the plan, uh, the venerable Thomas Ashley Esquire. Uh, Tommy, how you living, man?
3: I'm doing well, man. We were talking off air about the fishing tournament that's going on this week. It's yeah. kind of tough to be sitting sitting at home and not down there, but uh, maybe one day. We'll, we'll talk the, about that a little bit later in this show. We might have a hookup one day, Joey.
2: Knowing, knowing the boys at the Big Rock are catching Marlin over over five bills that are getting them uh, $826,000 worth of change. That's not a bad life if you can get it. But, Tommy, what do you say we kick this show off? You like that? Yeah, you stole it, but I like it. See what, so, I, see what I did there?
3: Yeah, so it's corny as, uh, well, we won't get that deep in the <laughs> bourbon already, but it's pretty corny, but you know, people that are listening to this and Connor and Casey Barth are with us, I'm going to steal Joey's lead. Um, we have tried to talk to guys, former players, and the 40 Club, of course, is the 40-year decision that Mac preaches, um, as well he should, and then Joey's kicking version is the continuation of last week's show that I hosted with Dan Orner. But Joey, I will jump into the back seat and let you drive Mr. Daisy while we interview these two guys.
2: And, you know, to be honest, I've, I wouldn't feel like I was doing my job if I didn't do some research. So joining us, I will introduce the elder Connor Thomas first and the younger Casey Daniels second. Uh, if you have spent any time <laughs> along the coast of North Carolina around Brunswick County or uh, what's a Brunswick pender and what's the other one? New Hanover. Hanover, New Hanover, God, yeah, New Hanover's where the Hanover where y'all went to school.
1: Like, we're all over,
2: and I'm missing Hannah
3: New Hanover. Um, uh, I don't, show, I he's not blank- a beach person. He's not a beach person, dude. I could have dropped. The, I could have dropped a loop <laughs> I reference.
1: I blanked on that one too. No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I could have
2: dropped a loop reference for reference. I could have. I, I could have like uh, been all over the map there, and instead, like I would have dropped a Sloop Point, Hamstead, you so, name it. I ain't name dropping. Forgot New Hanover County, but anyway, Barth Brothers, Connor, how you living, man?
1: I'm doing well. Um, Just We got a bunch of family in town this week from Buffalo, so it's awesome to get them down to the beach. And uh, took them out on the boat today, took them over to Mason's Inlet, showed them around a little bit to show how we live here at the beach. And um, I think they might want to stay for a lot longer than a week. (laughs) They definitely don't
2: have
4: Mason's Inlet up in Buffalo, I wouldn't think.
1: Uh, Casey, how
2: are you, buddy?
4: Doing well. Can't complain, you know, just working. And like Connor said, you know, have, has a family in town. So we all, you know, we're all just getting together and it's, and it's great. because We haven't seen those guys in a long time. But, yeah, life is good, you know, in Wilmington. So no complaints at all. Well, you know, I'm hoping
2: Tommy and I haven't bitten off more than we can chew by bringing both of you on tonight. Because, you know, while, while you guys are brothers, you had very different careers at Carolina. Both had amazing amounts of success. I won't start the fight of who has more records or who has more meaningful kicks. We'll get to that a little bit later, but I I think the first thing I want to ask both of you is, was there, and I'll start with Connor again, being the oldest Casey, I'm sure you're used to this by now, but (laughs) Connor, when did you know you were going to come to Carolina? Honestly,
1: probably going into my, I guess, probably going into my senior year of high school. Um, It's funny. It kind of goes back to Casey, but Coach Bill Dooley coached my brother's JV football team, which is crazy. I don't know if y'all know
2: that. No, Um, I didn't know
1: that. He coached Casey's JV football team, which is just that's just the best thing ever. I mean, you know how intense that practice for a JV
2: squad. That's amazing.
1: Stepping (laughs) over guys, stepping over guys' chests. You know, just the old. (laughs) old. But um, his so his son actually was my older um in high school, which is pretty cool. Sean Dooley. Um. But then, yeah, I work. I obviously go back to Dan Horner. Uh, I started working with him my – probably my sophomore year of high school. And he kind of always put it in my head, like, you know, go to your in-state school. Coach Dooley was like, go to your in-state school. And a lot of people just said, hey, you should, you know, stay in-state and play locally so you can, your family can be close. And my dad's a big Notre Dame guy. He went to Notre Dame. So my dad's a Notre Dame grad. So that was a school he was pushing. And um, – uh, unfortunately, they did not want to scholarship someone in my class. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it was going be to be between Ohio State and Carolina, and Mike Nugent was going to be a senior, so I would have had to redshirt. And then Coach Bunning told me that I could come in and start as a freshman. So I think that kind of made the decision pretty easy for me. I didn't want to redshirt. I wanted to come in immediately and, and play football. Um, and so that kind of was the that, – that was kind of the final straw there, knowing I could come in and play immediately.
2: That's strong, and uh, you know I love the dually connection. I love the, I love the, and to bring it back to our episode that we did with Dan Orner, Dan Orner, who also coaches um, Ruffer. I can't remember the kid's first name, uh, but was also a Groza candidate and has worked extensively with you guys. I mean, it's, I guess the kicking world just maybe is incestuous. I don't know, Casey. When did, <laughs> when did you decide you wanted to be a Tar Heel, and and did you always know you wanted to follow Connor, or did you kind of have your own process? How did that work?
1: Yeah, it's a good
4: question, you know, because for me, I think, you know, I didn't really have it in my head, you know, that I wanted to go to Carolina, you know, I think for me just kind of seeing Connor and and, and kind of what he did was so, was so big just with my development and kicking in general, but, you know, it, you know, like he said, our dad went to Notre Dame, you know, we weren't, we weren't really raised as Carolina fans, so it wasn't, it wasn't quite as like, you know, you, you got to go here, Um, and and funny story though, with the Bill Dooley thing, it was great because, you know, being a freshman in high school, right, and, and I tell my dad, you know, who our coach is. And he goes, what? Bill (laughs) And I'm just like, yeah, who is this guy? You know, and he's just like, he's like one of the best coaches ever, man. Come on. And so it was just, it was, it was great. And just having that experience. But it it was funny because my, um, one of my top schools was the Air Force Academy. And I was, I was, I mean, very close to going there. Um, And then Carolina just kind of kept an eye on me you know, kind of see how I did. And and it just kind of worked out to where, you know, I wanted to kind of stay in state and Carolina seemed like a good fit. Um, you know, there was a possible, you know, position open a kicker that I could compete for. And so it just kind of made sense, I think, for me.
1: And and it just worked out, you know, I was, I was lucky enough for it to work out. That's- I have to chime in here. I know the, re- <laughs> the real reason he did not go to Air Force is because I was on the visit with him. He went into the dorm room and one of the guys was like, don't, don't come here, man. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm
2: scared. laughs> casey, so you, you i, I swear we're we in that? the
1: dorm room casey and the guy was like making you know you got to make your bed at air you know you gotta make your bed perfect at air force and <laughs> right. he was just like, don't come it was here. you know it was it was
4: great you know you you get the official visit and it was a cool place and you and you go into the dorm room and i and i meet a few of the guys and they're just like don't come here man don't do it <laughs> Car. I mean, what kind of a recruiting – who's recruiting here? That's terrible. I don't. Worst
2: pitch ever.
4: <laughs> I don't think it was athletes. I think it was just kind of cadets, and they were just like, yeah, it's brutal, man. <laughs> Save yourself.
3: <laughs> yeah. We had, um, in fact, the local high school here – I'm in Johnston County, so Clayton had a kid. Actually, Coach Fowler's son went to Air Force um, back – probably around that same time, and then um, a kid last year went out there so i wonder is he getting that same treatment i guess he probably is um but yeah college is supposed to be fun and that's a that's a rough transition <laughs> let me ask you something something we asked dan orner and it's and the reason i had the connection with orner um is because he's teaching one of my buddies my college roommates um son is a is in high school and he's working with him and he may have reached out to you guys too we can talk about that later but anyway I ask him about being recruited as a kicker, and Connor, I'll start with you. Just to, you know, how does that work? Uh, I mean, you always hear, you know, Mac Brown prioritizes special teams, so he's going to scholarship somebody, um, but not every school does. Um, tell me a little bit about each of your recruiting processes. Not, you know, how you determine where you go to school, but when you start getting noticed. Um, and how that figures out. Does everybody offer a scholarship? Do do, do they not? I mean, and how does that play into your thinking there?
1: I'm honestly, I got tons of letters, but never, uh, I got letters probably every college um, out there. I mean, Oregon, I mean, you name it. I mean, every college and don't really make offers. A lot of times they want you to come into their camps and they want to see you in person. So a lot of times they're going to, no matter if they, you know, obviously when I was kicking, it was like, I think we had to send in like VHS tapes. (laughs) 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 i hate i I think i literally think yeah because i was there from i was in high school from 2000 2004 so i think it was my dad would have i mean recruiting was a lot harder back then now it's like throw your stuff up on youtube and everyone can see it and back in the day it was like you had to work like if your parents weren't weren't helping and working for you it was tough to get recruited so my dad and my mom they busted their butts like getting tape out, because you had to literally, my dad would be up there in the stands filming on a legit, like, I guess, recorder. I don't know, what do what, what you, a video recorder? A giant it?
2: tripod <laughs> with the, yeah, the I mean, dual the reel, he's doing like this in the You corner. know, nowadays
1: it's like, oh, iPhone, boom. You can knock it up and be uploaded in two seconds. But, you know, that was the real deal back in the day. I mean, but a lot of times you go, you get tons of letters, but they still wanted you to come to the camps and they want to see you in person because, you know, they are gonna watch you on tape as much as they want, but they really want to see you come in and just see the kind of person you are. So I think it's a little bit different from other positions where they want to really, really look at you, see your form and stuff like that. So I actually had to come into Carolina and um, compete. And actually, there's a great story. Um, Ryan Suckup, obviously, a good friend of mine who won the Super Bowl with the, the Buccaneers this year, he's from Hickory, and he's a year behind me. So my senior year of high school, I came up and kicked at the same camp with him. He was a junior in high school, and they just pretty much said to each one of us, whoever kicks better this day is going to get the scholarship. So it was either they were going to scholarship me that – or give me the scholarship that day, or they're going to wait a year and scholarship, Brian. And I I, I out kicked him that day, and they ended up scholarshipping me and giving me the scholarship. And um, they brought me up into the office, and Coach Bunning offered me the scholarship. So that was pretty cool. So it's kind of a funny thing how that works. It could have gone to – I didn't have my if i didn't have it on that day it could have been ryan kicking at at chapel hill and he ended up going to south carolina and having a great career mm-hmm. but just to kind of sum up the recruiting process it was more like they really want to see you come in in person and and check you out and just kind of see mentally how you are and those kind of things and the same thing with ohio state i wouldn't have, yeah, I had to go up there and compete and go and kick against other guys they didn't want to just offer me a scholarship just from just watching my tape they wanted me to come up in person so i think that's how it is i wish you know obviously this is completely open. I, I wish I would have taken more visits just to like, actually see other schools. I just, I really only took my one visit really to Carolina. I think I went to Wake Forest as well. <laughs> I wish I would have gone to like Oregon, Alabama, all these schools just to see what it was like to really enjoy that opportunity. Cause it's just really cool to be able to see how these other schools work. But um, at the end of the day, I'll never change. I mean it was the best four years of my life at Chapel Hill, but I think that's kind of the sum it up. It's just, they really want to see you in person Tape can can show you a little bit of stuff, but they really want to see how you are, you know, talking to you, what kind of mental state you're in and that
3: kind of thing. Yeah, it's funny. Orner was about, you know, you want people's tape and dudes are kicking 50 yarders. And then he's like, look at the flags. You know, they're kicking that way. The flag is – the wind's blowing 20. So, Casey, how much much did Connor's path help you um, in, A, deciding, but also, you know – you said, look, I can kick better than my brother. And he did pretty well for you guys. I mean, how does that work
4: in your case?
2: Yeah. I'm a Barth. I'm minted.
4: <laughs> no, I I mean, I tell people a lot of times, I think I had, you know, almost like an unfair advantage just having Connor as a brother to, you know, my dad would take us out kicking and I just have this, you know, beast who I'm trying to compete with at all times, you know, kicking ahead of me. I'm just watching him trying to do everything he's doing, you know, from ninth grade on. So you know, I always tell people like I had a guy that I was just trying to catch up with, you know, my, you know, for everything in every sport. So and I was just so lucky for that reason. And, you know, having Dan around too, we'd go to the camps and, you know, my brother would work with Dan. I would just listen in, you know, when I was young and then when I got older, just try to you know build on what they talked about, kind of see that mimic, you know, what they were doing. So it, it just helped so much. I, I was lucky for that reason, you know and it's it's hard for guys who don't you know who don't have I think someone to to kick with or you know don't have kind of that person they can go and talk to so it's you know it it was huge for me I mean it's it's the only reason probably you know I was you know
1: as good as I was Was Casey Casey came in he knew the whole football team when he came in as freshman year he was he was over at one of the frat houses having a good time and I was scared of my life when I walked into that locker room as an 18-year-old. I had no clue of these guys. Are. I got, I got to look at Madison Hedgecock. That guy's massive. <laughs> and then Casey knows like Chase Rice and Garrett Reynolds. He's just hanging out, having a I'm good like, time. Like, that, like, that was awesome. I was like, come on. I was like, ah, I was. I literally opened, I walked in the locker room. I didn't know what. That was no, no, but Casey, he, he, he killed it. He, he broke all the, he, he's the leading scorer, I think, in UNC history. I think.
3: Yeah, we'll get to the records. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss them. But Casey, would they expect, and this is kind of a corny question, but I I have, uh, you know, I've got one going to Carolina this fall. I've got one that's a rising junior. Um, was there competition with your older brother or, or was it pressure to do what your older brother did? I mean, as a yeah. teenager coming up, how was that?
4: You know, it's it's funny. I really, I really never felt like I had to, you know, live up to to that standard or kind of, you know, be better than Connor. I mean, you know, my brother's always been great about, you know, he's never, you know, telling me, hey, you need to, you know, need to be better than me. My my dad, my mom, they were never. I mean, you know, we we took a lot of visits, you know, to different schools, and my dad would always tell me, you know, hey, you know, you can go wherever you want. You know, don't feel like you have to go to Carolina. Don't feel like you have to, you know, be better than Connor or be or be Connor in it. And I think that really helped me in my college years. Just, I never really kind of had that in my head to where I had to be better than him or, you know, be better than a certain person. I was just kind of, let me, let me just do my thing and we'll see how it goes and end up and end up going. All right.
3: <laughs>
4: awesome. So I,
2: I got to ask, I mean, and I know I appreciate the perspective of being the second brother because I'm, I'm an oldest of two kids. <laughs> so I, it's good to hear what the young, you know, what the younger thought. I want to ask you guys about about your experience with, with coaching staff. You know, uh, Connor mentioned being brought in under Coach Bunning. Uh, Casey, you obviously, obviously came after the change to Coach Davis. Uh, I'm assuming you guys are still probably – still probably communicate with both of those coaches. But, uh, Connor, I'll go to you first. What was it like uh, – uh, what was the difference in your experience uh, with, with – coach uh, bunning and then coach davis and then casey obviously i'd love to hear your, your thoughts about coach davis as well and kind of what you saw from being a youngster watching your brother the- yeah.
1: no this is actually no i mean coach bunning is i mean he's to this day is one of my best friends i mean he's just fantastic he lived obviously you know he lived up in Topsail for a while mm-hmm. in the Hamstead area and just you know hate that he's not here anymore he's down in naples but obviously he brought me in and he just I mean, he, he played at Chapel Hill, so he got, he just, you know, he bled Carolina blue. It was just different. Yeah. It was just, it just, it was different. You know, he, he truly cared about the university and he just wanted, he wanted the best for each one of us and that kind of thing. And I think I love that because he just taught me so much as a person. I mean, he's, he's brought me, he's taught me just, I wouldn't be where I am today outside of football without coach Bunning. I mean, he taught me so many things. He didn't really, he, obviously he stressed so much about football, but he also, he was really big about, you know, off the field stuff. I and mean, you know, like you said, the whole, you know, you're only playing football, you know, football only lasts for so long. And he was very, very big about that. And I think the difference between him and, and then you got coach Davis, who obviously now that I've played, you know, I played 10 years in the NFL, you know, coach Davis ran it. It was a strictly, it was, and it was an NFL program. I mean, that's just the way it was. It was just completely different. Just very, a lot more cutthroat and just, you know, it was just no nonsense and that's what it was. And I think with coach Bunning, he had a little more slack with guys and, you know, uh, you know, you know, I, I don't know if he was able to hire the, I think he might've hiring wise, you know, I don't know the kind of leeway he had with hiring coaches and things like that. But I mean, there was just the difference, you know, you got a coach who was played at Carolina and bled the colors his entire life. And then he got a coach like coach Davis, who obviously has NFL background who ran it strictly like an NFL program. I mean, I think he was, I think he was putting like things in guys' lockers, like, Hey, you're gone. <laughs> like <it Wow>. was, <laughs> I mean, I think he like put like the old slips in there. Like, Hey, you're no longer here anymore and that's I was like that's I was like I was like I was kicking pretty good so I was like I don't, I don't be one of those. but you know you <laughs> never know I mean it was you know coach Bunning kind of treated whether you were a regular whether you were a star or a walk-on he did he was he treated you the same He, he <laughs> you know you were a Carolina football player you went to school in Carolina like he treated you which I loved he, he, when I was there with, with coach Davis, you saw a lot of these walk-on guys, like, holy smokes. Like their world was, <laughs> their eyes were open when Coach Davis came, in. it was, Hey, like, you know, your walk-ons are not the same as, as scholarship guys. I hate to say that. Cause I have a ton of friends that are walk-on guys and are great guys. But yeah. coach Bunning was different. He just he saw he was complete family. And you know, that's important to me and no disrespect to coach Davis. He's obviously I'm super, super close to him as well, but he just ran it completely different. Like, you know, he, he took care of his he took care of his scholarship guys. And I mean, I don't there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure Saban does the same thing and all these guys, you know, it's you know, but Coach Bunning was just it was different. He just he treated every single person the same. It was we were a huge family, which was I thought kind of makes me the person that I am. And I had him obviously most of my career.
2: Casey, I'm going to reframe this question a little bit for you. Sure. seeing what Connor saw uh, and kind of that closeness with with coach Bunning and how he how he preached, did it change your college experience at all when you came in under Bush Davis did did you feel like maybe things were different than what you expected or did you kind of just acclimate and move on and college was college?
4: Yeah, you know it, it didn't really change things for me. Um, you know I think I think Connor did a good job of he did you know he didn't really kind of say, Hey, this is what you should expect when you get, you know, when you get there or, you know, you should have these expectations. So I kind of just went in it with an open mind and, you know, you know, make friends and just kind of see how it went. And I mean, coach Davis was great with me. I mean, he, I think, you know, having Connor there, his senior, you know, his first year, Connor senior, you know, he kind of, all right, you're a Barth, you know, you might, you might have some ability in you, so we'll see, we'll see how you do. And, you know, once I, you know, I started doing well and kind of proven to him that I, you know, I can be consistent you know, we built a great relationship. I mean, he's he's one of those guys you can text out of the blue, and he's just like, "Yeah, how are, how are you? How's your family? You know, miss you." And he's he's just, he's just a player's coach, you know. What I mean, he takes care of his guys, and it, it was it was a great experience with him for sure.
2: So I, well, I want to ask you guys one more question, then we'll uh, we'll let Tommy take us to a break. Um, and then after the break, we'll get to the real fun stuff. I want to ask uh, each one of you guys what was your favorite memory of unc and i want it, i want to keep it off the field okay oh. let's 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 talk about just your the your motion yeah. mem- <laughs> well you know it's uh, all right keep I'm that within reason
3: this, yeah let's keep that youtube within reason. version not yeah. safe for kids go ahead um yeah, let's uh
2: <laughs> just share with us what's your favorite memory of uh non-game memory put it that way it can be on the field but just a non-game memory uh, of your time in chapel hill in the carolina blue uniform casey i'll let you i'll let you do the honors as the youngest
4: you know, I think for me, one of the coolest things, you know, off the field was, you know, I think we won the national championship basketball 2009. So being able to kind of storm Franklin street with everyone and and doing that was just, I mean, something I you know, never experienced. And, and that, that was really cool. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would say the same thing, but, you know, kind of playing, playing football and being on the football field, but then kind of getting involved with that and being on Franklin street with just, you know, all the yeah, thousands of people and just all that ruckus. It was, I mean, it was
1: awesome. Like, I'll never forget it. All right. Connor, same question. I'd have to say, I don't want to <clears throat> toot my own horn here, but after the, after the UNC Miami <laughs> game, after I hit the game winner, it was Halloween weekend. So yes, sir. I've never, that was my freshman year. So I've never experienced Halloween in Chapel Hill. So I, I you know, I've heard like, Oh, there's like, they, they barricade down Franklin street and there's like 50,000 people and, whole, whole. I've never, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, obviously after a big win like that, it was the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my I'm 18 years, I had no idea what to expect, but then you see people that were dressed up like you. There are people dressed <laughs> up like me. And I'm just like, wait, hold on, what's going on here? And, you know, and um, I had a few girls come up and say hi, and I can't go to the extent of that, you know.
2: <laughs> That's, a a, gentle, a gentleman never tells. I got A gentleman you.
1: never tells, but uh, no, it was just, that was the, I've, you know, I've heard stories about, Chapel Hill and thanks or and uh, Halloween and it was um, it lived up to every expectation it was the craziest night it was that's a hell of a first Halloween was, in Chapel uh, Hill man I don't know if, I mean they were the, the next three were awesome but that one just I mean obviously being a being a freshman in college and just you know coming from Wilmington which is a you know we're, we're not a huge town and just Experiencing that many people in one place, just all kinds of crazy costumes and all that stuff, and then obviously seeing a few people that have your jersey on, that have long hair, and you're just like, huh, "This is weird." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you forget. You're like, "Oh, we had a we had a we had a big win the night before," so that was you know. So you're like, oh, "Okay, I get it now. That's that's pretty cool."
3: Man, that's epic. Let's uh, we got to talk more about 2004 after the break. But let me take a second and talk about Johnny T-shirt. Johnny T-shirt dot com. Uh, you could get that Jersey he's talking about, you know, you can, you can find one, uh, with Connor Barson name and number on it, but I got mine from somewhere else. I got mine from China, but anyway, Johnny t-shirt, johnny (laughs) t-shirt.com. They deliver straight to your door, or you can go to, uh, you can go to anywhere and order it online, or you can go on Franklin street. Like Connor talked about Franklin street gets pretty wild at times. Uh, but Johnny T-shirt is always there to service you for your needs. Support them; they support us. Inside Carolina premium subscribers, of course, get 10% off their daily order, and that 10% will help out if you're a college student going to Carolina and you need some swag. Football season's around the corner. Baseball season just ended, and basketball season with Coach Hubert Davis will be here before we know it. Joey, I'll let you handle the rest, and then take us to.
2: I got an idea. Hang on, I got an idea. With the 10% you save from your Inside Carolina premium subscriber uh discount at Johnny T shirt, you know what you can do with that 10%? Turn around and spin it at Jimmy's Famous <laughs> Seafood. Go to Jimmy's Famous Seafood.com. How you like that for a segue, boys? It was, it was better than go I to Jay Jim- that go to Jimmy's Famous Seafood.com. Uh you, you, but you say, But Joey, I can't go to Baltimore right now and get the best crab cakes in the history of the world. Nay, nay you would be incorrect because Jimmy's can come to you. They have the most amazing, quickest shipping of their products. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I know our boy Taylor Viplis is a is a big fan of their Jimmy's Famous uh, Sampler box. I just go straight for the Colossal Crab Cakes, and they are enough to absolutely not only satiate your palate, but change your world. jimmysfamousseafood.com. If you use the code G D T B. ATH hashtag great day to be a tar heel. G D T B A T H. You will get a nice little savings on your shipping. Again, they pack it to you cold, send it to you today. You'll have it in your oven uh, and you'll be eating like a champ. Some of Balmer's best if you go to Jimmy's Famous Seafood.com. So we appreciate both Johnny T. And Jimmy's famous for their support of this and all of Inside Carolina's stuff. We're going to take a quick break and let some of the national guys get their stuff in here. Their ads will not be as good as ours, but we're going to let them run them anyway. We'll be right back with Connor and Casey Barth kicking it in the 40 Club. Hang tight.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at
0: NewBalance.com. All right, boys,
3: All right. we're back. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to steal it because I told you you couldn't have 2004, Joey. I'm sorry. I got to pull rank. <laughs>
2: uh, T- Tommy's mad because I-, I snatched a really good memory from him a while back, and he hadn't let me forget it, so I- I'm going to sit back and let <laughs> In him
3: fairness, we had Orner on. And what am I going to ask Orner on about?
1: About his his kicking school. About, and what, and are you about the, kick, the Duke kick where he took yes. down the – he took yes. that the, that's the most legendary thing i've ever seen. like if the best if, if stools around then and all that you oh my it would have been the biggest, it would have broken uh, the internet oh my, i mean he Absolutely. literally did he like run in there
3: and just tear the whole thing down and deflate the whole entire? it ended up tearing it down but he also told the story that he ran in there and didn't realize it was as hard and pumped up as much <laughs> as it was and damn near killed himself when he, I think he said i think the quote the quote from the show was the helmet fought back right so <laughs> oh, so dear. he was walking with a crick in his neck for a while uh, we're, we're back on kicking it with the 40 club this is tommy ashley s joy powell casey bath barth and connor barth i'll get y'all's names right eventually let me, let me ask you a question see y'all got me started and people that watch this YouTube understand. Um, that when the glass goes empty, it gets interesting. So, anyway, we'll talk about that later. 2004, Connor, you're a freshman. You mentioned it. Let me set the stage for you. This is from the stands, all right? We're at the game, and there was a lot of Miami people in that stadium. And they were loud,
2: too. Like, they were feeling themselves.
3: And a lot of people have had problems with Miami folks, but I've never had a problem with them, and they were sitting all around us. And they were your traditional big dookie chain Miami guys. And it stayed close. And Chad Scott was going nuts and Durant was going nuts. And I walked across the aisle and I was like, you know, Carolina could win this, right? No, like, no, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and then it happens. You're like, they, they're setting up for your field goals. So I'm sitting down. I run down the, the thing and stand on the fence. Right, you know, When you used to be able to go down there. That's one bad thing about the turf. You can't get close. And we're standing there. And, of course, we're screaming at him. We're laughing. And uh, I still worked for Inside Carolina at the time, but I was a fan that night. And we're screaming like, y'all about to lose Carolina and all this stuff. And the Miami guys are talking junk. You kick it. I literally almost had to hurdle Devin Hester because he's the one that almost got a piece of it. And then watch the goalpost come down and all that stuff. Dude gets tased trying to take the goalpost out of the stands. Fantastic! I
1: didn't
3: know that. It, it was uh, it was. Wait,
2: wait, wait! You didn't know that a dude got tased while the while people were tearing down the
1: goalpost. Terrible! How would they do that? Guys <laughs> are yeah, trying to have a good time.
3: Man. They told a what happened in that melee. I, that I night. was right there, right. So the goalpost comes down. I'm too old to be out there at the time. It almost hits us. They tear it apart. Dudes are trying to carry it out. The policeman told the guy to drop it. And multiple my, times, my history is just, you know, do what they say and we'll figure it out later. Dude didn't do what they said and they threatened to tase him and bad things happen. But anyway, let's go back to leading up to that Orner said, and this is one of the coolest things that Orner talked about when he was on our podcast he said he wanted to be like a New York firefighter. He wanted to run to the action, and he wanted his kickers to run to the action. Where is the mindset of a freshman kicker coming down? Because y'all had a rough season. I mean, you got waxed the week before, and and now you're about to set up to kick a, a field goal, I believe, to beat number four Miami. I think they were number four at the time.
1: Yeah,
3: I think so. T- tell me what's going through your head.
1: Honestly, I'm gonna be honest, not a lot. You're just kind of, you're just kind of in the moment as a freshman. You're just, you're just like, you know. Well, first off, you guys are all standing around the hedges. If I would have missed it, God knows, I, I wouldn't even have let out of there. I, had to make I think there was a party of people on the field. They were just kind of behind it, like behind the. This would have been a largely different podcast. Yeah, it would have yes. been. Yeah, but people don't remember. Like that's what I love about this. They always say like you're only remembered for your last kick. No one remembers that I missed like a 35 yard earlier. No, I, don't I, don't remember. Even
2: remember that. I bet your brother remembers.
1: That's what I love because you're only as good as your last kick. It's amazing. All my buddies, I still talk to them this day. I'm like, y'all know that I like completely shanked one earlier in the game. They're like, really?
3: I don't I was remember
1: Chicos. that. Chakos was down here the other night for dinner with Casey and I and uh, Rockwell's. And I was like, you know, I like, I absolutely hooked one left. He's like, I had no idea. <laughs> and that's the best part. So, like, um so I, you know, I was actually a little, you know, I really, really said this, but I was actually a little nervous because, you know, I I kind of had a tough – I did not have a good kick in the beginning of the game. So I was like, you know what, I really got to just work on my mechanics here and just take a deep breath and just trust And you know, Casey and I always talk, just trust like it's pr- – just think it's like practice. Go out there and just – you've done this a million times. It's 42 yards. It's not a long kick. I always say kicking super easy. Just put it between those two – those two posts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you didn't uh, – I'm sorry to – let me start to step on Tommy here. But you didn't – I mean, did you feel the – the weight of that kick before you went out. Yeah, I mean, I, like I know? said,
1: I, I never really, you know, I've never really said this, but I was nervous because like I said, I had not had a good I hadn't kicked really well that game. So I was like, you know, I need to really step it up here. And obviously I knew if I make this kick, it could really change my life and my career, and maybe put me on the map yeah. to possibly maybe play in the NFL one day. And I remember Coach Powell told me, our special teams coach, he was he comes up to me and goes at, at our little timeout, and he goes, Hey man. I was like, hey, what's up, coach? He goes, uh, don't eat yellow snow. And I'm just, I had no no clue what, I had no clue what he was talking about. I don't even think I didn't register, I don't even think it registered to me until after I made the kick. And after the game, he's like, ha, ah, it worked. And uh, you know, I had no idea. Like, you know, you're just like, don't eat yellow snow. I'm like, huh, all right. so I just went out there and lined up. And honestly, it wasn't, if you look at the trajectory, it wasn't like the, you know, I'm pretty critical of my kicks. It wasn't the prettiest kick, but hey. It went through, and Man. it was a uh, it was one of those nights where I can still smell the liquor. I can still smell it from two that's Tommy. That's Tommy. That's, that's, like, that's not <laughs> just coming through. I can that's still awesome. smell like just the atmosphere on the field. Like after it was, it, I can still. It's like it's really like it feels like yesterday. Obviously, it's been a long time, but I can still just. That was one of the. Uh, that was a crazy night, and um, like I said, it would. And like I said, there was already guys. I think there was already fans, pretty much on the field. It was pretty much I better make the kick, or I don't know. What, <laughs> well,
3: I can play. tell you, Hester Hester was still face down, so it was pretty dang going quick after and, there. And I always say, like
1: you know, <laughs> not to make it easier than it was, but the game was tied, so it's like, all right, worst case scenario, I miss it, we go into overtime, and maybe, maybe I get another chance. So obviously it was still a lot of pressure, but it's one That's of those a pretty strong
2: heads to have.
1: At least it wasn't, you know, at least we weren't down by one or two where it's like, all right, if I do miss it, that game is over, which I experienced that for my last kickover in Chicago. And uh, that was my last kickover in Chicago. So, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, at least the game was tied. So I always say like, you know what, it was hard, but it was like, all right, it was tied. Like worst case scenario, going overtime. man. I was so up. are you thinking
3: of so serious question? Are you thinking about it? It's tied. If I've, screw this up, we're still got overtime.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, gotta, you just. I just try to keep it as lighthearted as possible. Um, You know, they're always like, oh, you're from the Peach surfer mentality. And I'm just like, no, it's just like, at the end of the day, I had Greg Warren snapping, who, what, snapped, what, 14, 15 years in the NFL? He's um, still snapping for the Steelers. Yeah, like I mean, he's me. still snapping. <laughs> like, um, And then Jared Hall, obviously, was a phenomenal holder for me. So I knew, like, they were going to get it there, and they are going to do a great job getting everything set up for me. And my whole thing was just make sure I would just, you know, it's – just executed we did and it was a yeah so i mean like it it wasn't the back of back of my mind like hey we're tied so worst case scenario maybe i get a chance if i do miss it that i'll redeem myself but i was able to knock it through that time which was important to me and obviously completely changed my life for forever because i think that was the kick that really put um myself on the map uh, for my career that i had down the road
3: yeah i got to get i've got a picture that our photographer uh, I believe Jim Hawkins took it at the time. I still got to get that signed by you one day. Um, it's a pretty epic picture. Casey, you're not you're not getting away uh, on <laughs> it. So flash forward six years. Um, speaking of smell, smelling the liquor, you probably smelled it from all the bottles that came from <laughs> He probably had a bottle stuck
2: gear. in his ear hole after that
3: game. <laughs> <laughs> the old uh, keep your helmet on game. Do not take your helmet off on any occasion. Tell me about the end of the Tennessee game. Uh, I mean, Music City Bowl. We had T.J. Yates on some time ago. Well, I, I mean, so if, if you hadn't if you hadn't heard, I, I just did a uh, just did a throwback
2: about that game with uh, Sean Drone and uh, Mike Ingersoll and Greg Barnes. And I will say, Casey, Mike Ingersoll yeah. made the comment during that episode. He said, "We had Casey Barth. You know, a lot of teams talk, a lot of teams talk about not wanting to." not leaving it up to your kicker. He said, we as a team absolutely wanted to leave it up to our kicker because we had that much confidence in him. So he set you up really nicely.
4: No, he's too kind. No, I mean, that that game that game was insane. You know, I think everyone can remember just how nuts it was, the way it ended. I mean, it was – we couldn't even believe – you know, it was unbelievable. Just – that's – it's funny. You look at the end of the game, and I honestly was just – I was still swinging my leg, just taking some practice kicks, and everyone's like, the game's over. I don't know I was just kind of like maybe I don't know maybe it's not maybe they'll call I was like I just want to be ready (laughs) no matter what and of course they're like actually we're going to bring you back out for a field goal and I was just like all right well let's do this and um you know just kind of went out there and and just like Connor said I mean you just you can't overthink it I mean you just got to make good contact on the ball I mean it's not a long kick I think that game tying one was like a 35 37 yard or so it wasn't you know, you just you just gotta trust yourself and just have a smooth swing. And you know, it ended up ended up going in and tie the game. And it was just a surreal feeling. I think that one was even more crazy than than the game winning field goal, just because the stadium would just got silent. You know, I think everyone was just bewildered at what happened by the game ending, coming back, and then you know us tying it up. It was you know get a couple bottles thrown at us. It was it was awesome. You know, it was fun.
3: <laughs> Buck Sanders talks about. Um... Of course, the president of Penn Carolina talks about being on the field. I guess he was down there with Greg Barnes. Yeah. And looking up and seeing just the tidal wave of every kind of liquor bottle, every kind of beer bottle you can imagine. Ingersoll talks about the, spit
2: cups. He said. Uh, <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, Ingersoll is brutal. Man. He said he caught a spit cup on his shoulder. So. <laughs> be but, worth. I mean, so tell me this, and this is a kicker thing. You got a timeout to set up versus not having a timeout to set up. How is that? Because they always talk about, and this is something I wanted to ask you both: um, icing the kicker. Yeah. Do you want the timeout yeah. out or not?
1: Uh, you want to
3: go? <laughs> go, Casey. I'll let you...
4: What do you think, Connor? I mean, honestly, I don't think it matters really. I think it just depends on the
1: type of person you are. I'm a big believer in don't call a timeout. I think you just let it play out. I think that yeah. if you're a good, if you're a good kicker and you're have a good head on your shoulders and you're mentally tough, like. Yeah you get almost a lot of times your coach always says, all right, when they call a timeout, still swing through and kick the ball and get a practice in Right. So I think a lot of times when you do get that extra, a little time to kind of take a step back and just kind of reset and let your heart rate come down a little bit. I think it's better. So for me, if I'm a coach, I'm not calling a timeout. Cause it's almost in the back of the head, like a kicker's probably thinking he's probably going to call a timeout, you know, like, but then you don't. So it's almost like he's kind of, he kind of plays tricks with him. So for me, I wouldn't call a timeout. I think it's, I think it helps. Uh, I think it only helps the kicker. If he's, Obviously, a, a decent, decent – Yeah. Game, like if like, they get your heart rate right down and kind of take the back, do practice swings and go out and execute. So, for me, I would just let the game play.
3: That's uh, – so, I've had that debate with my teenager. He always says, don't kick the ice. So, don't kick the timeout field goal. But I've always said, leave one in your pocket because of what you just said. They might be thinking, hey, are they going to call it or are they not going to call it? And so it's mm-hmm. interesting to hear and NFL kickers talk about that. So I'll tell him that I was right. <laughs> so, so, I remember
1: that it was the uh, – I think the kicker for Kansas City got iced like four times, and I think he made like 358 yards in a row. Uh, uh, Buckner, he's insane. That so, dude's
3: ridiculous. I just think that –
1: I've always just said, let the, let the game play out because a lot of times the kicker is just going to be thinking, are they going to call a timeout? Are they not going to call a timeout? And it's like – so maybe, you know, so he's kind of thinking in the back of his head like, and it never came, and he went and kicked it. Maybe it threw him off a little bit, but that'd be mine. So,
3: Casey, do you kick the ice? When I say that, do you kick it when they call a timeout? Do you follow through, or do you just stand there?
4: I, I do follow through. I'll, I'll, I won't kick the ball, be you know, I'll just give a good air swing just to, get, just to get a feel for being out on the field and in that moment. You know, I think that's always huge, just kind of feeling everything, like feeling the people right in front of you, you know, getting a good practice swing in.
3: That's interesting. I'm gonna tell him I won that debate there's not too many debates you can win with a teenager I I won that I can imagine (laughs) yeah so and Joey let me get one more in and let's sort of are are those the two biggest on the field memories for you for Carolina Casey I'll start with you is that your biggest or are there others I mean you obviously not to slight your brother but I believe you might hold all the records
2: Oh, Don't don't act like they don't <laughs> talk
3: about this every time
2: they get together for beer.
1: Yeah, I you know, it's cool is that we don't we don't actually we don't talk a ton about like, it's it's yeah, we're, we don't talk a ton about it. it's like we have like, you know, it's been cool just hearing about how him coming up after me through, you know, through high school and stuff. It's kind of cool. We don't even talk a ton a ton about it. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah.
3: So is he saying that because he doesn't have them? And
1: you got him, or... hey i still got hey i still got i think i still got 19 in a row though i think that's yeah like, he doesn't that's and he, and he played in the nfl so that's that's pretty good <laughs> no man the best thing I, the best i'm like so proud of my brother like I, every time i ever give like a speech or go to do a do a do a do some kind of a go talk to some kids or anything like that or go speak to any any audience it's i'm always man casey like doesn't get enough credit man he had a he had, he had a heck of a career man he's and I was, so, I was so excited that I got to be there when he actually broke the record. It was my bi week in the NFL. So I was actually able I remember to remember that when he got, I think, it, I, don't, I don't know how many he's got in his career. I think it's high 60s, but um, I was able to be there, which was super cool. I just happened to be my bi week and I could actually go out there and congratulate him and every day. man, I, I get super emotional about it, but man, he, you know, he wasn't, you know, he didn't have the leg strength that I had and some of the gifts that I had, but like he, man, he, he went out there and just did his thing and was, I'm super proud of him.
2: There. i mean I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie yeah I, I will say the younger was every bit as timely if not more um just based on uh based on his his career stats so since tommy got sucked up into the ether there i, I want to ask a question we just got done talking about what a fratern well Tom, tommy kind of got into it but i want to kind of yeah. close the loop about what a fraternity uh kickers are you know i mean you guys are a rare breed you guys are um kind of one of a kind So naturally you're going to be the only kind of guys that really feel for the kickers on TV. You talked about Harrison Butker and how good that dude is. I want to ask a little bit of an off, uh, a little bit of an offshoot question of that. What is, and I'll start with Connor this time. What is the most painful kick you've ever seen someone miss on TV to where you were just like, you knew exactly what he was going through. You knew exactly what that felt like, you know, what's the most painful kick you've seen someone else miss and, and, and what were your thoughts
1: when it happened? Man, probably the um I hate to say it, but he kinda like made my name go uh, bye bye in Chicago, but the,
3: uh, <laughs> That the, was a I couple years was ago. The,
1: was it the double doink in the, uh, the in the NFC uh, championship? <laughs> I mean, that's just tough. You know, it's um man, I just he's such a good kicker and just I man, I for sure thought he was making it. And um, you know, obviously Mitch was having a great year and all that. And
2: that's Cody but, yeah. Parkey, by the way.
1: I, yeah, he's a he's a good buddy of mine. I mean, I saw him at a wedding a couple of years ago before, right before COVID. And you know, he's back in Cleveland having a great career. And so that was a tough one. I mean, obviously, because I was pulling. You know, I'm still, I'm you know, fresh off being out of Chicago, still yeah. pulling for a lot of the guys. Mitch is on the team and stuff like that. So I was just like, man, they're gonna, you know, this is awesome. They're gonna make a run. They're gonna, they're gonna get into the Super Bowl and all that. And that that happened. So That was probably the tough. I mean, I just. I knew he couldn't even fly home from. I think he had to drive home. He couldn't even go oh. there. I mean, it's just like. I mean, it's just it's brutal. I mean, you know, it's there, there. There's some fans, and there's. Bears. I mean, you gotta love them. Bears fan. I mean, Chicago fans are the best. You gotta love. Them. <laughs> but man, are they? Uh, do they love their sports, and do they like to get? Oh man, it's tough. I've never seen so many middle fingers at me before. That. <laughs> um, but God, when I saw that, I was just like, that guy is not even gonna be able to walk out of the stadium. I mean, yeah. the bar stool videos yeah
2: it's the uh (laughs) the scapegoating of kickers is Uh, is i was like you know
1: what i was like cody i appreciate it no one even knows my name anymore in chicago and i (laughs) can can actually finally go back to a Cubs game if you want to go back to a Cubs game no one no and the people are like oh you know you weren't that bad because like. so it's like hey cody man, thank you you're still he's still a good buddy of mine he's still killing it in the nfl and super props to him for coming back and continuing to kick butt, but, uh, oh, that was,
2: Ooh, that was a tough miss. Casey, same question. What's, uh, you know, I, I know you one time did a, um, you, you had a pretty good interview for, I think it was, it may have been the Wilmington star, but about, um, about, uh, was it Blair Walsh's miss for the Vikings a few years back, but, uh, what yeah. was, what would have been your most painful, uh, missed kick that you've seen, you know, either, either as a player or as a spectator.
4: Yeah. You know, I, I think back to one, I think one of the kicks that really kind of, you know, really, I felt it a whole lot was against Florida State when Dustin Hopkins missed the game yeah. winner to, to beat us. I mean, yeah. that that game was just crazy, right? I hit a few field goals and they marched down and and he just just pushed it right. And, you know, I mean, that guy, he's unbelievable, you know. And, and even at that time, I mean, I knew how good he was. And it was just like you just, you know, I was so happy we won. But at the same time, you could just, you know, I just felt so much for him. Like, like nine times out of ten, that guy makes the kick, you know. And it was just it was just so hard because you know if you haven't been in that situation you'll probably be there, and so I just it, it was hard. I remember sending him a Facebook message after, and I do not even know if he read it, but just kind of be like, hey man, don't even like. I know you're not gonna worry about it because you're you're an insane kicker. You're gonna do big things, and yeah. I, I think it was the next week he hit like a 55 yard game winner against Clemson or something crazy, and so it was it was one of those kicks. kickers like God, man, that's that's so that's so brutal. But I mean, he bounced back and he's obviously doing big things now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, man. It's, um. I, I appreciate y'all's perspective on that because I think that's that's one thing where just the bond that you guys all have playing that position, you understand how many people's lives proverbial, you know, proverbially, uh, you know, live and die on, on a kick. Uh, so I'm gonna let let you each, uh, let you each brag on each other for a little bit. Uh, and don't want to. I don't want to do the same thing we did when Tommy asked about the the Miami and the Tennessee games. But um, Casey, I'll go for you first what's your best memory of your brother playing for UNC?
4: It's a tough one. I mean, there was, there were so many cool moments, I think just kind of, I think for me, just overall, just being able to to be there and going down on the field and kind of like sharing those moments with him just in a college stadium, I think was so cool. I mean, you know, you're, we're two kids growing up playing every sport and Connor was always good at like every sport, you know? And I think just, kind of you know understanding what that felt like being down on the field with him and and just seeing how how good he was and and just you know like, that's my older brother that's like, that's pretty cool you know so I mean I think just honestly just being being at games with him and being able to kind of tell people that's my brother, you know, it, it was just the coolest feeling.
1: We're still yeah. filling, we're still figuring out our golf game. We haven't quite figured we we <laughs> each haven't figured, that's figured
4: out that's never gonna happen
1: for me.
2: Connor, Connor you kind of you kind of tapped into it a little bit a second ago but talked about bragging on Casey so much so I'll give you some space to do that a little more
1: um I think for me it's not even really about any kicks he made it was the fact that he wasn't really guaranteed a scholarship coming in he he had to kind of earn his way and he had to beat out I think it was Jay Wooten who was, was a pretty good kicker ended up kicking down South Carolina I mean he had to come in and he had to prove himself I mean coach Davis wasn't like you know, he kind of said there's just going to be a scholarship for you, but Casey had to pretty much win the, If he didn't, if Casey didn't win a starting job, he probably wasn't going to ever get a scholarship. And um, so for me, it was just to see how much work he put in and never gave up and kept fighting and uh, finally won that starting job and actually see him go out there and be the starting kicker after me. And and it's just it was one of the most uh, special things. I wish I could have been there. Obviously, I was playing in the NFL, but um, just to know when I got the call just saying that he was getting a starting job was pretty. Pretty amazing. So, wasn't any kick. It was just uh, how hard he fought and just the kind of the you know that's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's pretty much like you know, coach Coach Davis doesn't want to say it. He's like, hey man, if you don't get the starting job, you're pretty much not out there and proved everybody wrong. I and mean, I'm sure no one thought he would, you know. And he went out there and just had an unbelievable career and super proud of him. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, but you know, and then obviously when I was there for him to see him kick that. Uh, field goal
3: to have the most in the career was pretty cool and just to be able to, to celebrate with the whole family. So uh, we'll get into something a little bit and I know we'll drag you guys. I, I could talk forever. I freely admit. And I know that people listening or watching this could, could listen and watch forever, <clears throat> but let's talk about transitioning from, I mean, high school to college is, you know, it's a pretty clear jump. What's the difference from college to the NFL? Um, because both of you had storied careers in college, um, but Connor, you were the guy that played um, for a long time in the NFL. I mean, is it opportunity? Is it measurables? What is it that that makes the difference there?
1: I'm gonna be honest. A lot of it is just um, a lot of it's timing and luck. Part of it. I mean, obviously you have to have the ability, but it's got to be you got to fit in. You got to be in the. You got to fit in the right organization. Have the right coach. Have the right GM. But um, yeah, that, I mean that that's. That's the biggest thing for me is just a lot of it is luck. I mean, I, I tell people today, I would never have made it in the NFL now. I mean, the way how strong these guys are, these kickers are 6'4, 220 pounds kicking the ball. I mean, fire hydrant looking mean, the Literally, these guys kicks like, kick 60 yards like it's 65 yards like it's nothing i mean it's, it's absolutely ridiculous nowadays i mean i am struggling from 55 you know it's because i'm an old school guy it's more like you know when i came out in 08 to go to the nfl with kansas city it was like all right 50 and in 55 and in be money and that was kind of my thing i mean could i hit a 60 yard yes but a lot of times you're not going to do that and then the other big thing i think obviously is the biggest is you're now providing for your family you're not this isn't college where it's just like hey you're hanging out with your buddies and you're on scholarship, like, you know, mom and dad are helping out a little bit. Now it's like, Hey, you're out of college. You're on your own. If you don't make this kick, you got to, you're not making any money. You're not, how are you going to provide for your family and stuff like that? So I think that's the biggest thing. It puts about 60,000 pounds of more pressure on your body just because it's, you know, you're not like, it's not just, Hey, I'm out hanging out with my buddies now playing football in college and high school. It's Hey, like, you know, I got to do this for a career. What am I going to do? Obviously, Chapel Hill sets us up for a lot of great things besides football, but you know, you want to be successful in that. And I think the biggest thing is it's timing some luck. And then it's obviously, Hey, this is a real job now. Like if you miss, you're gone and you could, you might only get one shot. And that's why I love Tom Brady. He always talks about like, when he got that shot, he never let anyone take him off the field ever again. He wasn't going to allow that. And I think that's the coolest thing is if Drew Bledsoe never gets hurt, who knows if Tom Brady ever you know, really has the career he has and um, he took advantage of it. So I think it's just like taking advantage of your opportunities and then it's just, Hey, you're providing for your family. That's, that's a totally different thing now you're making money and you know, college is fun and all, but this is a whole different ballgame.
3: It's a little bit different pressure for sure. Casey, talk about that transition and the attempt of transition for you. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think if you make kicks, you should be able to, to make money, but, it doesn't always work that way.
4: Yeah, you know, it's it's hard. I, I think like Connor said, I mean, a lot of it is just just timing and you know, obviously you gotta have you gotta have the ability. I think for me, kind of the stigma I had coming out was, you know, can can he kick the long field goals consistently because a lot of my a lot of my career at Carolina, I didn't I didn't have many, you know, very far field goals. So I think that was in the back of the minds of a lot of special teams coaches. And you know, when I was in Atlanta for the for the rookie mini camp. Um, you know, we just, you know, we kicked some, you know, really long field goals and I made a few, I missed a few. And I think that probably just kind of put a little bit of doubt in their mind that, you know, I could, I could really, you know, hang in the NFL, even though, you know, didn't get a chance at preseason. But, you know, like Connor said, I mean, a lot of it is just, it's so mental when you get to that level. I mean, you know, you're having a great time in college, you know, you're with your friends, if you lose a game, you can go hang out with your buddies afterwards and you can play, you know, go to practice next week. It's just so much different. I think the amount of pressure you put on yourself, you know, when, when you get cut by a team, I mean, you, how how good am I? Am I even any good? You know, I mean, just that little bit of doubt creeps into your mind and can, can crumble you, I think very quickly. And then you just sitting around waiting, right. waiting for a call. Am I any good still? Am I good enough to play? I mean, it's just, I think, like Connor said, it's just it's just so mental, and it's just it's just sixty thousand more pounds of pressure on yourself, and it's it's just a tough, it's just a different type of game.
3: Yeah, and there's only thirty two jobs in the league. What what? And this is I don't want to get too negative deep, but I'm curious because it's obviously <laughs> nothing that ninety nine percent of the people listening to this have experienced. Connor, what's it like to get uh, released and cut from a pro team? I mean. What's the what's it like?
1: I mean, it's tough. I mean, I've been I've been, unfortunately, cut and released a lot. And so I know um, I always joke with people only 90 like I think most people just see the 99 or the one percent of the NFL that like sign these monster contracts and have these awesome careers, have, you know, big houses, all the cool cars where it's like 99 percent of us are like fighting every day just to make the active (laughs) roster and, and, you know, and, and and have some guaranteed some guaranteed contracts, but uh, it's just it's tough. I mean, I remember I got cut from um, I got cut from Miami after going like ninety four percent in training camp. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how you do much better than that. I mean, I think yeah, I was, like what else am I supposed to do? Like you know, Dan Carpenter is very good. He was there, but I I I will to this day I outkicked him. But I quickly learned <laughs> as a young guy in the NFL, it does not matter sometimes how well you kick. Like I said, it's really about sometimes about timing and the situation you're in. But I remember, you know, most of the time you're living out of a hotel, you have a roommate um, when you're first starting out. And I remember sitting on the curb of the hotel or sitting outside on the curb in the hotel parking lot, calling my dad. And I'm just like, I I just, I'm, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I just don't understand what's going on. I just kicked 94% and I'm getting sent home for, I mean, I just don't understand it. And he just, you know, that's that's why you have parents. I mean, and then they, you know, picked me up and kept going but it's tough you know like Casey like what Casey said it just puts a lot of doubt in your mind you know are you good enough and it's just like what do I have to do go 100% every day to be to get a to get a spot in this in the NFL and obviously pretty much honestly as a young guy as a rookie you pretty much do I mean you really don't have much room for error and um, and Casey can attest attest to that with Atlanta I mean it's almost like you got to be perfect um, and I was darn near perfect in that camp and but, you know, you just got to keep plugging away and you talk to your agent and realize that, hey, kick well here. It should open up other doors there. And obviously it did. Tampa saw some – you know, obviously Tampa saw some ability that I had. And I think that same year I ended up kicking 350 yarders in one game against Miami, which was pretty cool. So I got him back. So it was good. Yeah. But, as, you as know, a Bill Parcells – I think Bill Parcells was, I think, kind of helping out down there in Miami at the time. And he did bring me aside and he was like, man, you know what, you – you know, it's not going to work out here, but you do remind me of a guy named Adam Vinatieri who's kicking in the league. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So that kind of gave me some encouragement and was like, all right, well, if he's going to compare me to him, that guy's obviously the best <laughs> yeah. ever, I mean, <laughs> I, ever to ever kick. I mean, he's the GOAT. And um, So that was pretty cool. Gave me some, you know, gave me a little bit of hope that, you know, I can kick in this league. And um, yeah, so Tampa saw some potential and you might know, my Man, look. Paid.
2: As, as a as Bucks fan, yeah, he's a Tampa left, fan. After you left <laughs> after you left, Tampa has not had a kicker worth of crap until Suckup and Pinion showed up this year. Who happened to don't be me, you know, do of give me of the don't,
1: don't give oh, me bit of Tampa. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, of a little bit of a
2: little bit of a we can of a little bit a little bit of because i bit of a little bit of a I of
3: a what you guys both were talking about what gets me about watching and this is i'm not a huge pro sports fan i mean i watch it and obviously we pay attention to carolina panthers and whatever but to hear fans say you know you suck or you know you missed the kick you suck you threw an interception, you suck i'm like these dudes are like the best top 32 guys in the world doing this i mean Suck is relative, I guess. But you, <laughs> you, you, you sure.
1: mentioned. I you, want to go to their job and say, hey, man, you suck.
3: Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you broke a pen. You misspelled a word. You suck, teacher, you know, or something like that. But you can't do that. that, do that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Pack, pack your stuff. You're out of here after the bell Yeah,
3: really, you're fired, man. You missed, a, you, you missed an assignment. You're out. So, so let me ask you both this, and I'll turn it over to Joey and get out of the way. Tougher kick. 32 yarder with some crosswind or a 55 yarder straight on Connor first.
1: So like, so no wind with the 55 yarder. No wind. Oh man. If it's that, if it's a,
2: but it's not on turf. You're on grass.
1: You're on grass. Well, if you're in Soldier Field, good luck for anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's concrete. Yeah, good luck. It's like kicking out of the, at Wrightsville Beach right here. It looks <laughs> great on TV, but it's just straight sand. Don't ever let them fool you. <laughs> they should go to field turf. Come on, Soldier Field. Come on, there. It's like
3: painted something. dirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's
1: painted green. It looks great. <laughs> Sorry, I got a tractor, but... Uh, no, I think I hate so right to right to left, um right to left wind is like my nemesis for a kicker. I like guess as, as a right footed kicker, I can't hit the ball straight for my life. So 32 yarder with a right to left crosswind, I would I hate that kick. I would rather kick a 55 yarder all day long, straight on. All day long. <laughs> Casey was I up? Had like oh, all day long. Yeah. Not even <laughs> a, not even a contest.
4: <laughs> I, I think I'd have to take the shorter one to be honest with you, you know? <laughs> I'll, I'll take the bread butter, a little bit of wind. I you, know, you just gotta you just gotta knock it through. I love,
2: I love you, makes it sound so simple. Play the wind, knock it through. <laughs> See the ball up and down and around <laughs> in a circle.
1: When they moved that extra point back, man, I had a lot of those 33 yards and soldier <laughs> feel with those crosswinds, those extra points. And I'm like, can we just stop scoring so much on the kick anymore? <laughs>
3: now for least, two, can I Go for least two kick man.
1: goals that are? can I actually kick these that are actually worth three points, not just one, because this is this is tough.
3: That kind of changed the game, didn't it? The moving it back.
1: Well, Bill Parcells, he uh, kicked himself in the butt for that one because it costed him. I think early on, when he first, he was like one of the big providers were, like changing it to that. And I think, I think his kicker missed a couple early on. But no, that was as a game changer. It Used to be like walk out, like it's just, it's just, it's like clockwork. You just, you don't even. You know, yes. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, if you get an interception or if the defense gets an interception and scores really quick, I mean, holy moly, you're back you're on there with no warmups and you got to kick a 33 yarder, and that's, you gotta makes you think a little more it's 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 different it's definitely changed it's it's no longer like an easy just it's not a gimme anymore that's for
3: sure but when they were the old way it was just like what's the point just throw a a point up there i was
1: i think nine eight eight years straight without missing in the nfl until the um i never missed one until they changed it
3: oh joey i was gonna let you go hold on i got one question based off that connor how many extra points you miss in college
1: um Man, are you, do you have the stat in front of you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. That's such
2: a loaded question. And these I are mean, 20, a, these are 20 yard I missed, I
1: missed I know. I missed one my freshman year against Virginia and I missed one my senior year against James Madison.
2: Man, you're an ass for that,
3: Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> 103 for 109, according that to
1: one? this. No was that really?
3: A, that makes I really? It sense. and I assume this is accurate. And are you I'm charging him with could. blocks too? are
1: blocks <laughs> miss oh you know blows. what okay you know you so what blocks do count oh, against me i had that's right yeah i had two blocked against me at notre dame yeah
3: that's right i was at that, that game at notre dame? i
1: did I, yeah i learned
2: something new tonight i didn't realize you know that count against I, I was
1: like i swear i only missed two but then if i look yeah i got two blocked against notre dame their 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 d line was absolutely we had to actually move usually you're a seven you're about seven and a foot in college, from like this, you know, from your snapper, and and then in the NFL, your eight yards. We actually had to try to move it back to eight yards just to give us just a little <laughs> bit more. room. Wow. Because that was the uh,
3: that was the Joe Daly Hakeem Nick show, wasn't it? Their D line was
1: blowing <laughs> us up for some reason. I think we had some injuries on the offensive line, and I think they just. We also uh,
2: had a – was that the roughing the snapper call?
3: No, no, no. That was later. That was a release. So nice. okay.
1: Yeah, because I was like, I didn't miss – I missed that many. I could, I well, I'm
3: know. looking at the stats, and it could be wrong. But it's got I one to change
1: that stat, man. I think we I got to got got file an
3: appeal. We got to that appeal. rule, <laughs> man. Because
1: I had like – I'm like 38 straight under 40 in the NFL, and then the guy from Oakland blocked one. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That's how my <laughs> – that's how my – I
2: mean, you're – your backside protection whiffs on a guy. That should not be hung around your okay. neck, right?
3: Like that's that should not go <laughs> on your record. Casey, same question. How many how many extra points you miss at Carolina? Listen to this, Connor.
2: I think I, I know, know it. I think just one, right? <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: And I guarantee you you know the one, don't you? Oh yeah.
3: Citadel. Stan of the, come on man they I hit the upright <laughs> so hard. Were you tired <laughs> from kicking so many extra points?
4: <laughs> I, I think I think so. I was just like, oh, we just pop this one in <laughs> and just,
2: score Is that the one top? where you had nine in a game? What was it? You had nine in a game. I'm gonna look it up that
3: 160 for 161, by the way. I'm gonna look it up. What For some reason, I
1: thought you were 100%, Casey. That's, oh, man. Uh, Disappointing, man. You were only
3: 99.99.
1: Tommy's got to be the
2: one to point out the poop and the ice cream. So. I'm just going, <laughs>
3: Hold on a second. I'm going to look up the Citadel game. Bear with me, Joey. I don't know about God. that Johnson
2: County internet you're on either.
3: You know what's crazy <laughs> is it? the headline of the Citadel game is UNC blasts the Citadel behind 375 yards of total offense. How times have changed, <laughs> well, right? Really?
2: That's it. Right. you ain't getting 375 <laughs> in the first half now, you're doing yeah. something wrong. That's, that's, that's an weird. average
3: game. Forty to six, man! You messed up my cover. I think the line was thirty-five. And he... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of
2: people were upset about that. Tommy, Tommy's Tommy's kid can't go to a private school
3: because he had <laughs> oh, really? he had UNC minus thirty thirty-four and, and a half. Go all ahead, Joe. So, get it back on the rails. Yeah, we'll try.
2: Um, All right, guys. Uh, before we get into me playing Wink Martindale and closing us with a nice little nice little game of who's the better brother. Uh, We'll, I want to give you guys a chance to plug what you're up to now. Casey, what are you doing right now, man?
4: What's 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 happening in Town? Yeah, so so right now I actually work for a clinical research company called Sineos Health. And uh, we run clinical trials for the pharma companies, and I manage a team of three uh, contract leads. So it's, it's really cool. You know, I kind of get that team aspect again. And, um, you know, we were involved in some COVID trials, you know, last year and throughout this year. So kind of a cool job. And, and it's, it's been great so far.
2: And Connor, you've, you, uh, you said something about like you're swimming with sharks or you're chasing sharks or I don't know, something like that. What's, what's, what's I do, that?
1: I, We, I, I'm invested in a, uh, it's a local vodka company called Blue Shark Vodka. And we always say it's the shark that doesn't bite. So I have no problem swimming with those sharks because they're, the blue sharks are very docile, but yeah. So um, um, I tried a, uh, I went to a beach bar last year and I tried this, someone told me to try this local vodka and I tried it, my buddy and I, and we were just blown away and the owner and I have a lot of mutual friends and we had been told we needed to meet and um, we connected. And um, I kind of just kind of fell in love with the mission of the company and what they do and how good the vodka was being locally sourced. And, you know, all our corn, our sweet Carolina corn comes from Polkton, North Carolina. Everything's local, you know, locally made and everything like that. So it's really cool. And so I'm helping them kind of expand now. We're we're kicking butt. We're in all hundred counties in, in North Carolina and all the ABC stores and we're also in Las Vegas. So we're, um, we're winning a bunch of awards and uh continuing to try to expand so we'll see uh we'll see where it takes us but i'm, I'm,
3: I'm pumped about it love the do you, uh, do you have a bottle shark. is it the bottle does it have it in the bottle
1: so we have so we actually have we have three bottles so our original bottle is like a blown glass bottle with the shark inside of it i don't know if you've ever seen it i've it seen actually, it it's absolutely. very
2: it's very very aesthetically pleasing yes
1: i will have to <laughs> plug one thing being like a local Wilmington guy so we went in our last awards we just won for our actual series of bottles, we got best in class, which is the highest honor you can get in the awards competition. We actually beat out Michael Jordan's new tequila. So that's pretty cool. And he's a Wilmington guy. So you don't beat my His He is Centoro tequila, and actually our bottle series actually – uh, got a platinum we best in class which is actually is actually higher than platinum so i was like that's pretty cool because <laughs> we're both wilmington guys so it's kind
2: yeah, of cool.
3: man absolutely that's you guys cool. can
2: you guys can go out and have like a, a bottle uh bashed bottle <laughs> stab fight on east, on east <laughs> i would i would
3: wager that jordan's tequila cost uh is a little <laughs> more expensive yes but is, it's, but it's, is.
1: It's, it's absolutely phenomenal i, I
2: also say. I, I do want to give a shout out to i think the the blue shark tagging uh programs you guys have in conjunction with the VOC is is a really cool concept so So we're actually the owner is
1: actually he's flying up the he's flying up tomorrow we're gonna he's gonna start we're gonna start this whole we're tagging a blue or two starting up in out off the coast of Maine starting on Friday do some stuff with the Atlantic Shark Institute and we're
0: it's gonna be pretty
1: cool so it's the first time I think they've tagged the female blue sharks and we're gonna kind of follow their pattern their migratory pattern down the east coast which is gonna be it's gonna be be cool man that's awesome well I'll tell you what yeah whenever we need to talk offline Whenever
2: you guys, uh, whenever you guys need to get back out to tag some sharks, or if you need to head back out to Vegas for any sort of like checking up on your product out there, uh, Tommy and Casey and I are happy to, you know, port your, uh, your luggage if we need to. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I want, I do want to put a bow on this cause I've kept you guys way over time. And honestly, it's been because you guys have been great storytellers and have, have been really, really good guests here, but I told you before we started today, I'm going to try to get my game show host on. And I'm going to let you both play this. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that there's a right answer. If I had some cheesy, if I had some cheesy, you know, game show music, I'd play it here. But <laughs> Tommy, I'll even let you throw out a category later if you want to. But we're going to play who's the better brother. All right. <laughs> um, so Damn. I'm going to start first. <laughs> he's <laughs> sitting
3: right, but bas- he's right there, man. Look,
2: I'm going to have, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to have them both, you know, pitting against each other for at least the next little bit. All right. Who is the better passer of the football? Who's got a better gun, Casey or Connor?
1: Casey can sling it, man. I don't know. He's got a sneaky, he's got a, he's got a sneaky good arm. All right. I could so throw up there, mountain over there.
2: Casey's <laughs> got the Uncle Rico going on. All
4: right. I, I can respect that.
1: All I, gotta right. give, I gotta give it to Casey on that
2: one. All right. Who's the better surfer?
1: Oh, man. It's not Definitely even... Connor. Long, That's long board or short? Uh, I actually do a lot of paddle surfing now. I'm scared to put my limbs in the water. I don't know why. It's something about the sharks <laughs> because you've been playing. As I get older, these days, I really appreciate my, my body and my limbs. And I'm like, you know what? If I keep my body. If I'm already standing up on the board, that's a lot, you know, I got a lot better chance to, to make it out. So no, it, I try to get Casey out more, but I'd have a little more free time than he does. So
2: <laughs> all right. Who's, who's the better cook between you two?
1: i don't know i mean he's a married man he's got to be
4: the better cook. I, I probably cook a little more than connor but i'm not a great cookie <laughs>
2: that's all right so what's your go-to if, if you have to cook what's your go-to
4: Casey? what's my go-to man to be honest with you my go-to for a long time was just was just baked chicken and veggies just keep it simple Hey, keep it simple. Keep it healthy. You live longer. That's uh, you're
2: you're not putting your not putting your limbs in the water with baked chicken and veggies. I appreciate that. Maya, I just,
1: I've, I've relied on Doordash. I don't want to put a plug. For me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I just actually ordered Doordash just delivered to my house like five minutes ago. A salad because I'm trying to as, at 35. You know, you talk about the 40 club. I'm I'm, I'm getting there.
3: Man, you suck. <laughs> 35. I <I'd> trick out.
1: <laughs> Tommy, you want
2: it? You want to throw out a category before we wrap? Well, look.
3: Orner responded to me and said, uh, I'm on the field in I Iowa. I need, I, I need a minute. So, uh, <laughs> we won't get any Orner questions. Let's go, uh, let's go best, uh, best kicker. Who's the better kicker?
1: Connor hundred percent. I mean, uh, and he knows it. <laughs> hey, listen, I will say from like a, God-given ability, maybe I have a little more of that. But, like, hey, from, like, a, just taking what he's got and he's working with what he's got, man, Casey, man, he's, I don't know, I can't say enough, man. He, he, kicked, he kicked my butt and broke all my records. I don't know. It sounds like Casey <laughs> has to be the better kicker, right, because he broke all my records. So.
2: All right. Well, that's that's a strong way to wrap it with some brotherly love, pardon the pun. <laughs> I will ask you guys um, – Last last question this is a good one to go out on. Uh, what do you guys think about Mac Brown being back in Chapel Hill, and how do you think that that's going to play, Casey? I'll go to you first.
4: Uh, I think just excitement is the first word that comes to mind. You know, just kind of even just hearing him speak, you know, you just you just feel that energy and, and feel like you know the, the program is just back and that culture, that winning culture, is just back. So it's it's super exciting.
2: Any uh, any uh, well, Connor, I'll ask you the same thing, and then we'll we'll I'll let Tommy pull up the string on this one.
1: No, I think just, I think he brings a, just a ton of credibility to the program. I mean, gosh, I, my buddies and I always talk, I wish, I wish I could play right now. I mean, just the the facility changes and what he's done when you walk in, it looks like a, it looks like the way Carolina football should be. I mean, it looks like a national program that should be a top 10 program. And um, he just, yeah, he's just, he just, uh, the recruiting's amazing. You're only seeing, I always said it, we should only have like five-star guys walking around our our campus and stuff like that. So he's bringing that that culture, and uh, it's fantastic. And I have a lot of I have a lot of bets with a lot of friends in the SEC that we're going to have a this year this year against uh, a lot of Georgia fans, and I know they're going to be good too. So Sam, come on, man, we need some wins this year, man. I need to win some money.
3: <laughs> let Let me ask, you know, being former guys. Uh, Oh, they're still guys tommy but i mean just you know it's... yeah former <laughs> players that are still dudes i mean i ain't gonna lie now living in wilmington the, yeah they got it they, they got a the tight yeah, yeah they got it rough. a <laughs> how, do you need a roommate brother uh so let me <laughs> let me ask how is it to know what you went through and i'm trying to get serious for a minute it's tough i don't do it often but i'll start with you Connor knowing what you went through at carolina i mean it was you guys had some great memories, but you also had some rough memories. What was that like? And then looking now and seeing where they are now, you mentioned wishing you could play now. I mean, everybody has their life stories and they all build. um, It's all a building block to what currently is, but just sort of, just sort of tell us to wrap your portion of this on being a Carolina guy being a part of some good times, some rough times, and seeing where this program is now. I mean, where are you at? I mean, you've seen the highs. You've seen the lows.
1: Yeah, I mean, its uh, <clears throat> it was definitely tough. I mean, you know, we – coming to my, my freshman year, I mean, uh, we, we work our butts. I mean, we're – you know, it's football 24-7. Obviously, we're in the classroom as well. But, like, I always remember – what was the, there was a pasta place on Franklin street. I can't remember Franklin the street pizza and pasta. Yes, yeah, that's the easiest thing. I don't know why. I just, Look, I'm, I'm a fat guy. You're not, you're, you're not going to
2: get any pasta questions. Past the fat kid. So,
1: <laughs> this will never, I'll never get this out of my head. And I just, I I can't, it, it just, it, it makes me so upset because, you know, we weren't, obviously we're not, we weren't very good when I was, you know, we weren't great when I was there. Um, we did have some, we had some good wins, but like, It'd always be like October, and you just – I would be sitting there eating, and I'd hear just these students be like, oh, man, it's almost basketball season. <laughs> I'm go. I was like, forget you,
3: man. I don't even want to <laughs> – sit it right here,
1: guys. <laughs> I, I was like, you got to be – I'm just – every time – I'm just like – and then, you know, we'd be playing a game during the game, and, like, obviously this is when you could still kind of walk around the edges, and, you know, you could yeah. still walk down there, and you would it'd be like a timeout or something. You're just like, why is the stadium cheering right now? it's because the basketball team's walking in and it's just, i just can't i can't stand it you know what i love right now no one cares about basketball they just care about football and it's the most amazing thing I've ever, it's just, i just i'm sorry but like i don't hate the basketball team but god it feels good to know we're a football school again let's go baby <laughs>
3: Hey, see, you were there. Uh, there was a little bit of transition when you were at Carolina. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. walk us through that process, and then what you see it is now. Because let me tell you, when Carolina Buck Sanders and I, we did a podcast after Carolina lost to East Carolina. I guess it's been four years ago now,
2: and uh, got throttled by East Carolina. Yes, I mean yeah, they got wax.
1: Yeah. Yes, yep. and in the stands for that, it was it was skull I was, dragging. I was, I was, yes, I was dating an East Carolina girl. It was it was rough.
3: Yeah, I probably wouldn't have lived in those stands, but we were like, "It's time to move on." You know, you got to do something, and you got to. And why not Mac Brown? And so here we are. I guess we're recording this on July sixteenth, twenty twenty-one. July
2: fifteenth, when we started. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Really. Hey, it's been fun. But Casey, I mean, the journey you had, yeah. and to go from the transitions that you saw. I mean, tell us about it to wrap this one.
4: Yeah, it was interesting, you know, I mean, we, you know, when Butch was there for those, I think it was, you know, three seasons. I mean, we were solid. I mean, we had some, we had some serious players. I mean, we, we knew and we, and everyone knew how good we, you know, we were and how we could be. And, you know, when kind of the the violations, everything kind of started looming over and and we started kind of losing guys. I mean, it was, it was hard just because, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, I think it was the preseason before, you know, the season started and we just heard that Butch was gone and we just you know we were like what what's going on? <laughs> you know <laughs> that you happened. everybody else man <laughs> yeah. and so you know Coach and Coach Withers was the interim head coach and that year was was a little you know it was different. It was kind of like limbo, you know, no, no one really knew what was going to happen. So it was it was interesting. Um and then obviously when Coach Perdora came in my senior year and just kind of got that culture back on track and kind of got, you know, got everyone back on track. So it, it was an interesting ride for sure. But, you know, it was, it was, you know, I think it brought a lot of the guys closer together, just kind of going through that. And, you know, we all have great relationships still and just kind of, you know, tell stories about all the crazy times and especially that just transition, but just kind of seeing Mac in there now, you know, it feels like how, how it was when I was there with coach Davis, where we got these big time recruits, yeah. you know, we the team knows, you know, they know they're good. And they just got to, you know, they just got to bring that on the field and, and get those wins.
3: So it's it's exciting. All right, dudes. I can't. I, I, I lied. I said that was my last question. Let me ask you this. <laughs> we'll talk forever. What's Connor, up, y'all gonna be at work tomorrow? Yeah, doing? really. No, <laughs> yeah. It's, look, y'all wanted to record early. If you'd have waited a little while, I'd have been asleep already. I'm Connor, be- I'm
1: already tired, so we're good. I got all day.
3: Best. Uh, well, I'll start with Casey. Casey, because he, he, he's the one that's got to work. Casey. <laughs> Best player you ever played with, ever, period. i, I got to give it to my boy,
4: Jonathan Cooper, my roommate from Wilmington. Could, I mean, he's one of the most athletic, uh, most smartest, just best players I've ever seen, and I think I'll ever see. And he just he just had a rough battle with injuries in the NFL. But, I mean, man, he's weird. the
3: real deal. We did the uh, – so we did 2010 reunion. And we should have had you on there, but we had uh, Coop and, and a bunch of those guys. And he's the one that I always, it's injuries. And we talked about luck and timing and all that stuff. He's the one, that dude was a monster. Yeah, like, unbelievable. I mean, he'd be outrunning Geo yeah. to lead the blocking. And it's like it never worked out for him because he could not catch a break. It, it's yeah. crazy how that does. Connor, best player ever
1: uh, college or prison?
3: Either. Well, you Your can favorite.
1: do both. <laughs> All right, so co- so college, honestly, um, so like from like. You don't have here.
2: to say Chacos. It's okay. You don't have to say. <laughs> I didn't say.
1: I didn't say oldest ever. <laughs> I, <laughs> Man, it, it, I don't know for some reason, but I know he didn't play a long time. But Adarius Bowman, do y'all remember Adarius? Oh yeah. That guy I, was athletic probably, freak. Are you? I mean. Ole's, I mean, it's just his athletic ability was just, I mean, it was insane. So I would probably say from from, from college that. I mean, the NFL, man, that's so tough. I played with so many amazing, amazing players and athletes. Um, I'd have to probably say, I hate to say it, but I mean Peyton Manning when I played in Denver. Just, I mean, I hadn't played on the team yet with that kind of leadership and stuff. And there's a reason why he is who he is. I mean, the guy was always the first one to practice, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of sounds cliche, but he was just, he pretty much ran everything. I mean, you know, coach Fox kind of was back there and, and and Peyton ran practice. I mean, just to see the kind of person he is and just to watch him. And he was just super cool. I got there in November that year and he didn't even know me and he came up to me after practice. He's like, Hey man, you don't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving, man, you're welcome at our house. So that's just, you know, that's cool to me and that's just what a leader does. And um, for him, so just, and obviously first out Hall of Famer and so i have to say Peyton for
3: sure. That's pretty cool I, I don't think people realize and you mentioned Peyton you mentioned Tom Brady earlier um, we, we've talked about Michael Jordan I don't think people realize just what it takes to do what these folks do to be the best ever and it, but the leadership is by far um, the main thing alright Joey has some interesting questions I got some Casey uh, biggest misconception about kickers Cause Dan said that when he got to Carolina, they were jacked because they did all the stuff. And he said, you know, they had the most jacked specialist group <laughs> of any college out there. What's the biggest misconception about a kicker?
4: Uh, you know, I, I think personally, the biggest mis- misconception is that kickers aren't athletic. I mean, every kicker I know is like can play every sport and is so good at every sport. Like, Connor won't tell you, but Connor can literally play any sport, and he's so good at it. It makes me so mad.
3: <laughs> and uh, is he a tri- is he one of those tryhards out there? He's still on the beach, like playing uh, uh, ball uh, and spike balling and killing people. My uh, uh, recent pick oh,
1: yeah. in my recent sport is pickleball, oh, yeah. and um, I'm, I plan to be sponsored eventually. So I am going to get good <laughs> because I can play that into my 40s and 50s, and I plan on. I'm going to take. I'm taking the nation by storm and pickleball. All right.
3: I talked, we talked to Michael Brooker, you know, basketball player, and he was uh, on the shelf because he blew a knee playing pickleball. So you need to watch, (laughs) watch out. Connor, same question. And and then we'll let you guys get out of here. What's the biggest misconception? Because I think, to be honest with you, if I look back, we've always thought everybody thinks kickers are different and they're weird or or they're surfer dudes. (laughs) And you might've started that. You might've helped with that. Is it a misconception or is it, is it, reality
1: no I, I casey kind of took you know obviously i think <laughs> yeah, it is being athletic i think we're actually very, <laughs> actually very athletic you know coach connor's actually used me in some videos towards the end of my career after when he barely talked to me when i was first. <laughs> <laughs> he's our strength. he's our strength coach bro. he was a strength coach, just three people don't know he was our strength coach. He, he did not like kickers when i was there but all of a sudden he's like hey man can you come run these ladder drills for us so i can get this on tape and i'm like what what changed, Coach? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know who uh, I am, right?
2: Okay. I think,
1: uh, no, I think it's you know, the misconception is that you know we kind of are on our we're kind of we're kind of on our own. You know, we're not. You know, it's not because we don't want to be part of the team, which we are. It's just we're kind of with the punters and the snappers. We're just not involved as much. So I think people just kind of see us as these weirdos that are just over there, like, <laughs> who wants, like they're like, who decided when they were growing up they wanted to be a kicker? Why, why, yeah. <laughs> quarterback or what because because kickers are awesome and you know what the misconceptions we, have. we are the most mentally strong position group ever come on no one wants to be us when it's time when it's game time everyone wants to be us in practice because we do take a knee and we play golf okay we do that 100% say when I was in the NFL of Tampa I spent a lot of times at Starbucks because I didn't have to go to all those meetings and I'm glad I never had to go to those meetings I would go. I would go meet some, meet some ladies at Starbucks during the three hour <laughs> position meetings. That's what I did. Out. I'm going to be honest. With you. That's what I did. But you know what? I went out during the games and I made my kicks. So it's the ment I think m- misconceptions. We are one mentally tough group of guys, man. Our, the kicking position. We are mentally tough, man. You got to be tough to play our position. It, it, we don't not maybe not physically, but mentally very very tough.
3: We that's will funny. if nothing. I got else, a TikTok. I got a Starbucks TikTok I need to send you. I need to get your number. I'll send it to
1: you. <laughs> yeah, I like to, keep, I like to keep things light, man. Honestly,
3: I mean. like, this is a great joking. one, then I promise you will laugh. I ain't <laughs>
1: even joking. I literally I've spent so many hours in Starbucks, it was it's hilarious. That's <laughs> so great.
2: That's so I've, great. I've uh i'm absolutely floored now that we're <laughs> now we're we're swapping TikTok videos and uh, yeah. <laughs> i will say that you guys have proven if nothing else that the old adam sandler uh, lonely kicker bit is is probably a bit tired and probably a bit played so uh, <laughs> a, a, an hour and a half in i will say it's been worth it because we had double the guests so i guess it's worth it to have double the length of the pod. But you guys have been amazing we appreciate y'all being so honest and spending so much time with us um casey had to eject i appreciate him sticking around um but I'm thinking. Oh, we
3: just got Connor. We can keep. Oh going, man, let's bro. go. Let's have some fun. Let's get. <laughs> oh yeah, really? Let's, uh...
1: You want me to start talking <laughs> trash now about Casey? I'm scared.
3: <laughs> um, but we appreciate you guys uh, and man, appreciate. Casey you. rode your coattails forever, man. Don't lie. Wow. <laughs>
1: hey, listen. I will to this day say that, man. Every time I get a chance to praise Casey, man, he's and he's that's my brother, and I, I wouldn't have wanted to. I would love to have just done. I would not want to have come behind me and kick him.
2: Well, man. we are. Uh,
3: we, we are indebted to, to Casey. Joey. Joey's trying to get it on the rails, man. We're, in we're, the same place.
2: We're, we're indebted to Casey and to Casey's big brother for being on the show today. Um, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you guys joining us. I appreciate the listeners and viewers out there. I want to say a special thanks to uh, Johnny T-Shirt, to Jimmy's Famous Seafood, to John Sigley for producing, uh, for Connor and Casey Barth in beautiful Wilmington, North Carolina. That's in New Hanover County, if you're curious. Uh, and for Tommy Ashley, I am just Joey Powell. This has been another episode of the 40 Club. We have been kicking it. I appreciate you guys ju- joining us, tuning in, listening. We'll catch you next time down the road on InsideCarolina.com. Late.
1: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com.
0: Brought to you by T-shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this.